As you can see, we're going to be in Ecclesiastes 8. So last week I backed up and we revisited verse 19 from uh, chapter 7 and then tied it in with chapter 8, verse 1, and we discussed how every human being has the need to be righteous, but only in Christ are we truly made righteous. He is our righteousness. So this week we're going to be starting again with verse 1 and seeing how wisdom illuminates our paths. So let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this um, opportunity to come and just look into your word. We thank you that you are the one who leads us and guides us, and we thank you for your spirit who, illumine, who illumines your word uh, to our hearts. Uh, we know that without you, we would have no hope of understanding any of this, and so we just ask for your guidance, for your wisdom, and help our hearts to be open and I pray that you would speak through me, uh, through the feeble things that I have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's go ahead and read chapter 1. We're going to read 1 through 9. Who is like the wise man, and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom illumines him and causes his stern face to beam. I say, keep the commandment of the king because of the oath before God. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, or he will do whatever he, for he will do whatever he pleases. Since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps a royal command ex experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every delight, though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. If no one knows what will happen, who can tell him when it will happen? No man has authority to restrain the wind with the wind or authority over the day of death, and there is no discharge in the time of war, and evil will not deliver those who practice it. All this I have seen and applied my mind to, uh, and applied my mind to every deed that has been done under the sun wherein a man has ex exercised authority over another man to his hurt. All right, got it, right? We can move on now. <laughs> Uh, these are challenging verses for me, I, I assure you. Um, so we're going to start back at verse 1. Who is like the wise man and who knows the interpretation of a matter? A man's wisdom illumines him and causes his stern face to beam. So last week afterwards, Ann Newman came up to me and, and in that uh, verse 29 of chapter 7, you know, behold, behold, I have found only this, that God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. And she was like, upright? You know, couldn't that refer to the fact that God, it wasn't evolution? And like, well, there's, there's a possibility there. But it got the wheels turning in my head even more so. Um, God made men upright. And I saw that, you know, when I was reading through that, God made men upright. You know, and we talked about righteous, and there's that part of it as well. But there is that idea of the physically upright. We are upright. Um, he made us to be this way. But a man's devices and schemes in his attempt to convince himself that he's righteous on his own, apart from God, not only darkens his countenance, but also bends him over beneath the weight of trying to keep, keep up the facade of that righteousness. So, uh, I don't know, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, addition to that. And I went ahead and um, Genesis 3... 8 through 10, they heard the sound of, God, of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to the man and said to him, 
where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. So it's that attempting to, you know, Adam recognized, I'm not righteous. I, I can't do this. And it, it affected him. Um, and he recognized immediately, this is, this is a bad deal. Um, but the man who finds Christ to be his righteousness is unburdened. He's free, and he can walk upright as God created him to be. Think of pil- the pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress uh, str- struggling under his burden. So, um, so I think, again, Solomon is commending wisdom. Did you have something? Right. 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 And I was thinking about it this morning some more, you know, what happens when we, when we try to convince ourselves that we are righteous through whatever it is we're doing, however we've decided, whatever our worldview is, and this is what I need to do to be righteous, is it causes us to compare ourselves to others and say, well, see how he or she is lacking compared to me. You know, that, that is so much of the human condition. Yes. Right. And it's like, it's amazing how quickly, you know, I can get puffed up in myself. Right. Try and do that, and it's so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. You recognize it immediately, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we recognize it. Some people don't, and they just go, well, that that guy was just a jerk, you know, uh, whatever. So, um, all right, so Solomon is again commending wisdom. He says that the wise man knows how to interpret situations and can explain things, and that his wisdom illumines or guides him in all matters. So we need to start off with reminding ourselves, uh, what is the beginning of wisdom? Fear of the Lord. Keeping a proper perspective on who God is and who I am is critical to being able to claim any degree of true wisdom. So as we talk about wisdom, we've got to remember that that, that is what true wisdom looks like. It's not what the world always says wisdom is. It's never what the world says wisdom is. The world says lots of other different things, but it is truly uh, the fear of the Lord is where it begins. So verse 2, I say, keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. Keep the command of the king because of the oath before God. What would be some reasons to disobey the king or the government? Okay, goes against God. It's immoral, right? Those kind of things. What's that? Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. So if the government... What's that? Okay. All right. So it's, it's basically... Um, the things we tend to immediately think of are if the government legislates 
some sort of immorality, you know, we go, I can't go along with that. If um, there's a law that contradicts the word of God, I, you know, we think of Daniel and his friends and the things that they did that, you know, the, the king says you got to bow down, the king says you got to do this and that, and they're like, can't do it, you know, and even if you throw us into the furnace, it still, still can't do it. Um, but are there other reasons sometimes we disobey the king? We don't like it. It's inconvenient. Um, we disagree. Sometimes it's our greed, right? It, it, has anybody ever, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Has anyone ever, you know, the traffic back up, you can't figure out why? There's a frontage road right there, and you cut across. I'm admitting it, all right? I've done it before. I've got a son who has got a ticket for doing it. I don't know whether he can blame it on me ever seeing me do it, but it's inconvenient to not do what the law says I shouldn't do. Um, so sometimes our reasons for disobeying what the government says are legitimate, but sometimes they're not. Um, and if we're going to talk about this, we really have to go to Romans 13. Um, and uh, I didn't put it on there, so I've got to read it over here. Very familiar. But every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. Therefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience, conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all uh, what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. We like those verses, don't we? <laughs> um. We are to be in subjection. We are to be in submission to our governing authorities. Uh, let me ask this. Is, is a king the same as a president? No. Why not? What's the difference? Elected. Is that pretty much it? Kevin? The one thing to point out, though, is in Romans 13, he says you need to submit to the Right. I know. That's, that's why I'm asking. That, that's one of the things I'm getting at, yeah. Right, so the king is the supreme authority, a president should be under authority of who? The people, right? Right? Um, I, just because of the current situation, I have to ask, is Vladimir Putin a president? <laughs> he would like to say he's a president, but not too many people are buying that. Was he elected? Technically. <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew that was going to come up. And I... What's that? Yeah, they have elections in North Korea. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's there are some differences. We recognize that there are some differences between our our system of gov- of government um, and what's being talked about here a little bit but probably not as much as we might think. Um, I find it interesting. We don't have to be told to disobey the king. We have to be told to obey, right? We do the the disobeying quite naturally. Um, Are we by nature obedient and submissive or rebellious? We're rebellious. You know, we often talk about the fact that you don't have to teach a child to misbehave. You know, they do that all on their own. It's really not any different for adults. We just learned how to hide it better, perhaps. Um, So I think in my lifetime, I look at what the government has done, and I think rarely have I had a good legitimate reason for disobeying the government. I can't think of too many times when I can legitimately say I had a reason that I could disobey the government. Now, there are things that the government legislates that I'm going to say I'm not going to do that, but Porter? Okay, support is a different, a different thing. Um, but the government's not requiring me. It's not like in China where the government was saying, you have to have an abortion because there's too many people. And it's not like in China or even other places in the U.S. or in Canada right now where they're saying the church can't meet. The, the Lord calls us, says we're supposed to meet. Yeah. They do that in Israel. Right. Yeah, and I think, again, being in Texas... When, when the elders, when we got together and the government was saying, you know, you got to shut down, we said, okay, we're going to do the two weeks to flatten the curve. We're going on over two years of two weeks to flatten the curve. Um, but, uh, you know, then we got together and we said, okay, we gave them their two weeks, and now they're saying they want more, but what does the Lord call us to? And by the grace of God, we were in Texas where the governor was saying, I don't feel like I can tell churches what they can and can't do. And so we had no problem opening back up and um, doing what a church should do in meeting together. Um, But rarely uh, do we need to disobey. And I realize that things are changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Help me me clarify because I, yeah. No, no, yeah, I'm not saying that. I, I won't speak for everybody else, but, but no, I think the Word of God says we should meet and we should have met. So whether that means we're, we got to do it in this building or not or how we do it, and it doesn't mean online, it means meeting. Um, so, yeah, and there are, there are churches around the world, and, and, you know, specifically I know in Canada right now that are struggling with that, that are fighting that battle. Porter? Yeah. 
Yeah. I just listened to uh, the podcast Kelly does, if you haven't listened to it. there's uh, What I enjoy most is the interviews. Um, and just, I love hearing people's stories. It's why I love on uh, Palm Sunday when we do uh, people's uh, testimonies here. But he was uh, interviewing a, a couple that were students years ago that are living in, I think it was New Zealand, um, that are locked down, you know, and what does that look like and how are the churches dealing with it? And yeah, that, that's some questions that, again, we didn't, when I, you know, I'm 54 years old and I haven't had that many reasons in my lifetime to think that the government is making me do something that is against God's word. That's true. But... Well, except that God does say, I put it in there. I put it in place. No, that's not what, that's not what it says. Okay, tell me what it says. Say, say that again. What is that R saying? Because that stands for words that were known in his name. Okay. And who are the authorities that he's talking about? What, what, what word is archon? Because I'm... The rulers. Okay. So, okay, who is the head of the Holy Spirit? Sure. Okay. Was that a Roman? Don't think so. Assume he was an Israelite. Okay. There wasn't a church at that point, but he was a within he was a religious ruler, is that what you're getting at? Okay, so within the Israel. Right. Okay. When Paul is talking to the Romans, right, there's a church authority there. Okay. And that church authority has its established rulers. Okay. Officials. Okay. And they have positions of authority within the church. But he's advising them that they need to follow because they weren't following at the time. Remember, they were still, we had the Gentiles and we had the Christians, Christian, Christian Jews. Okay. I'll get to you, Israel. Okay. So the discussion goes for 12 chapters. You can't just take your freedom and be a, a stumbling block to these others who aren't coming along. Okay. I.e. the civil government that was clearly not set up to go follow anything that these folks were doing. Now we jump to the United States and we switch the whole thing around. Who's the authority here? It's the individual citizen. All right, Israel. He had the authority of the sword. Where did he get that from? From the Sanhedrin. He had the authority of the sword himself. He had the authority. That's the authority of the sword. Is what it was known as. So why did why did they go why did they go to Pilate to crucify Jesus? Because we 
Okay. Right, clearly. Gotcha. Sure. I agree with that. Right. Right. Crucify him. Right. Okay, Porter. All right. I've never heard that before. I didn't. I've never heard that based on Romans 13. All right. All right, back row. <laughs> right. getting there. Amy, did you have something? Right. Right. Clearly. Gotcha. Israel? Right. Yeah. Right. 
Right. Right. And it says right there, Daniel said, I did nothing unlawful against you. Right. Well, clearly he did, right? Because if you read it, it doesn't say lawful. Gotcha. And Americans need to figure that out again. Okay. I'm starting to I'm starting to get where you're going, I think. Um, okay. Did you have a yes ma'am? Mm-hmm. Sure. Right. And I think what he's getting at is that when they overstep, we're no longer bound to be obedient to overstepping. That there is a, you know, it, it's the same thing we're seeing in talking about teachers and school boards and the things that are going on around our nation where they're saying, we're going to put these things in place, and parents are going, no, you're not. You know, they've overstepped, and parents are saying, no, we're not doing that. Deciding case by case, is this something I'm comfortable doing? Is this something right. I'm not comfortable doing? I think we can leave a lot of that to Jesus. I, I think that if, if our hearts are in the right place, he knows what his authority is first and foremost, for the authority that we know he has set in our lives. Right. Then when we enter into the, the, the time of, of wrongful authority, wrongful laws, I think he will make it very clear. Right. I agree. Right. And it doesn't matter whether it's the church authority or it's governing authority. If the church is telling, I mean, if, if, if the elders of the church are telling you to do something that doesn't jive with God's word, you shouldn't just go, well, they're the elders, you know. <laughs> hang on a second. Let me, hang on, hang on. Ann had her, had her hand up earlier, so. Uh, by the way, I was pushing your button about the Oh, about the upright? Okay. <laughs> well, you got my brain going, so that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, John MacArthur is an example. He refused to close the church because right. they threatened him with fines, they threatened him with killing. Yep. Yep. So yeah, that's what I hoped Bernie Bible would have looked like, what you know, any other and but the, yeah. There were some things that our governor did that he did not have the authority to do. Sure. So Right, right. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to get very far. <laughs> mm -hmm. Your point as well yeah. is that our real authority is God. Yeah. We have a responsibility to hold our leaders accountable to God. And if we fail in that, we're actually disobeying the higher authority of God. Well, if we, in, yeah, if, if, we, if we fail in keeping them accountable yeah. and they don't, you know, if they don't listen, they don't whatever, then our responsibility is still to God, not to them. Right. So, yeah. So I've heard the interpretation that Dr. Lowry has, I'm sure it's not a bad 
<laughs> we should have had this discussion a week or two from now. Yeah. Right. And it reminds it reminds me that Paul's not an idiot. Um, and he is, I believe, at this point under Nero, right? Okay. And he talks about the government is his best interpretation that they do not bear the sword in vain. And right. there's probably no better example than Nero of bearing the sword in vain. Mm-hmm. And so is Paul possibly referring to governments that are in subjection to authority, in which case there would be virtually none of them? Right. Within a government, and even Jesus talks about that with the render to Caesar and all those lessons, but it isn't necessarily, in my opinion, what a lot of people interpret outside of this discussion tonight is that Romans 15 means you obey your government no matter what, until they specifically ask you to defy the right. a commandment of God. Right. And I don't, I don't necessarily see that either because what Paul is describing doesn't seem to describe any earthly government that we've ever seen in the I think, I think what the principle that I see throughout Scripture is God is a God of order. And so I think that, you know, whether it's, whether it's the leadership of a church or whether it's the government of a city, state, nation, whatever, part of the purpose of that government, that, that body, whatever, is to keep order. And so as long as, like say, as long as we're, they're operating within that, you know, I think, yeah, it, it, and, and as long as they're not overstepping um, and taking authority that wasn't given that shouldn't be theirs, then, and again, I think that, I think that they have the authority up until they cross, till they, the, till they start to contradict the authority of God. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Sure, I mean... Yeah, was everybody, was everybody, because Hitler was the, you know, the leader of Germany, was everybody supposed to say, he's my man, you know, he's the guy we elected him, so we're stuck with him, so we just got to do what he says? Clearly not. Right, yeah. Yeah, who was it that said it, whether it's more, was it, the, the Israelite guys, uh, whether it's more right for us to obey you or to obey God, that's for you to judge. I, I can't remember. Was that Paul? Yeah, or, or was it uh, uh, James and John? Or uh, John, yeah, Paul and Peter and John. Anyway, yeah. Um, who, do we, who do we obey? So, yeah. Um, well, gosh, where are we? <laughs> so I will make the point 
that, that in verse 2, he says, keep the command of the king, but it is because of the oath before God. So, again, I don't think we're not saying, we're not saying, you know, what the king says, what the government said doesn't matter, but it, you know, so do I get to, the, the question I think for me is, well, do I get to just do whatever I want to do? Um, and let's, let's go ahead and read through verses 3 and 4. Do not be in a hurry to leave him. Do not join in an evil matter, for he will do whatever he pleases, since the word of the king is authoritative, who will say to him, what are you doing? So, again, there are powers that are there that it's wise. There's wisdom in saying, I'm not going to bucket just because. Right? I'm not going to just... And, and he doesn't say... Don't leave the king. He says what? Don't be in a hurry. Don't be rash. Think it through. Use the wisdom God's given you so that it's not just a, hey, I don't care. You know, think it through. Um, See where we kind of covered a lot of this, so I'm trying to figure out where we really are. Um, you know, verse 5 and 6, He who keeps a royal command experiences no trouble, for a wise heart knows the proper time and procedure. There's a proper time and procedure for every delight, though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. Um, and we can certainly go back to chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, you know, there's a time for every event under heaven, time to give birth, time to die. So it seems to hearken back to that. But also, you know, it, it would seem that there is a time to protest. There is a time to stand up and say things aren't right. And there's a time not to. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. And I think we're seeing a lot of that around the world. Again, you, you look at um, Australia, you look at Canada, you look at a lot of different places where they're still saying, we're going to keep things shut down. And people are like, well, I'd rather not face the consequence of bucking that. So I'm just going to, we're just going to, kowtow to it. And then there are other people who are, you know, you look at the, and, and this is different, but, you know, the truckers that were doing the thing up in, in Ottawa, you know, saying we're being peaceful about it, but, you know, there were consequences. And I think they knew there were going to be consequences. Nobody knows what they're going to be. You can't predict that. And he gets to that later. Um, verse 7, if no one knows what will happen, who can tell, tell him when it will happen, you know, those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, there are, there are consequences. We don't know what they are. We can't say what they're going to be. Um, but there are. There can be. So. Um, let's see. Is this statement generally true? If you follow the rules, you won't get in trouble with government? Yes. Right. Or is it the heart of Jesus knowing that you're going to be persecuted? But if I'm to explain 
administration so many um, protests because of that first thing, because it changes the circuitry or it just changes the way it's handled? Right. Right. 